As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. This is The Athletic Football Show. Welcome. The Athletic Football Show. I'm Robert Mays. Joining me today, it's my good friend Nate Tice. Nate, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing very well. As I hit the record button right before I start talking, I am doing awesome because this <laughs> is <laughs> because for whatever reason, the shows that I feel like have in the bag end up making me the most scrambled before. So I am feeling great though. I love doing awards like we did with our pro show, and I said this before. I love ranking stuff. I love titling stuff. I love anointing things. So an awards show or postseason awards is just it's catnip for me. It really is. I'm excited to dive into this. You know, some overlap with the All Pro Show that we did last week, but the All Pro Show, I love doing those All Pro Shows just because it's a chance to dive into players at every single position, and we really get to celebrate the best guys in the league, but we got to do awards. Yeah. We can't not do it, so even if there's a little bit of overlap, I still think both of them are worth doing. We're doing season-long awards today. Our producer, Michael Bauer, had a great idea. We're going to structure it a little bit like the Oscars. We're going to have a couple bigger ones at the top, and then we're going to get to the technical awards in the middle. Even They don't even televise the technical awards anymore, yeah. but like sound editing is still in there. So we'll get to sound editing, and then that. we'll save the big one for the end. So, Dude, there was one that I could tell you, the whatever year Mad Max Fury Road came out, and for whatever reason, that Oscar production was so good that year that stuck with me to this to this day that i'm bringing it up in 2023 (laughs) about an oscars production but they would do during the sound editing like uh, that's what you saying sound editing made me think of this because they showed each movie and they just had all the sound effects but then the mad max fury road one part was so cool because it was just all the like guitar riffs you know and then like the choo-choo boo-choo-boo and i was like this is what was that guy's what was that guy's name oh dude what was the the guitar guy's name doof the coma warrior or coma the doof warrior (laughs) i referenced him in my article one time (laughs) because i said i think the raiders should play him on third down when max crosby's getting lined up like (laughs) back at grantland when there were no rules me and barnwell did a under siege 2 podcast in the off season i feel like deep in may me and me and you just might have to do like a mad max fury road podcast maybe we'll do it on video i'd love to I absolutely love to. I rewatched all of them this fall. That's why there's so many references that I've made. This I haven't watched Beyond Thunderdome since I was like seven years old, and so I watched it again. It's like that movie's a fever dream. <laughs> all of them are fever dreams. That one is a very much a fever dream. 
<laughs> All right, so let's get started with this. Let's start with Offensive Player of the Year. I think this one's probably pretty easy. Who did you have? Yeah, well, for a while, I was going with a different guy, but I ended up going with Justin Jefferson, and that was our uh, my preseason pick, and I believe your preseason pick as well. Yeah. And my He's bet. the batting favorite. It seems like he is going Everything. to win. And for a while, I was really leaning to Tyreek Hill. I, I really was. When I did my 30s uh, article at the one-third t- uh, checkmark and the two-thirds checkmark, Tyreek Hill was it. Justin Jefferson just won out in the end. Justin Jefferson established himself, and I, I, I feel very comfortable in saying the best receiver in the game. Um, watching how we talk about gravity, everything, all the best receivers have that gravity. Tyreek, Devontae, A.J. Brown. But watching how defenses unravel or defenses make every play about number 18, Justin Jefferson, that really speaks to it. And the fact that he could be this productive while also having literally all eyeballs on him. You watch the Packers game. You watch the playoff game with the Giants. He made Wink Martindale stop being Wink Martindale. Like he, yeah. that, that's how good he is. He stops. That's the best example is yes. how, if you're talking about how drastically he can change an approach for a defense, yep. he can make a coach that is one of the most extreme in the entire NFL yes. totally change his stripes. Yep. He made, he made the most extreme man heavy, blitz happy uh, coordinator go, we're running quarters. <laughs> we're going nice and basic, but, but that's what he does. We talk about that with pass rushers sometimes. We old school would talk about loading the box against a running back. This is, this is the version. This is 2023. This is what uh, uh, these receivers could do. I should say 2022 season, but this is what these stars can do. And then, you know, we're not even talking about the stats, 1800 yards, 128 catches. He had 80 first downs. And even though he played a ton of snaps over a thousand snaps, I believe he led all receivers and snaps. And I think he led all receivers and routes. So, oh yeah, the metrics, like the kind of counting stats, maybe not aren't as like high. They still are. He's second in yards per route behind Tyreek. Tyreek's 3.2 was ridiculous. And he was sixth in first downs per routes among receivers. Um, that He's fantastic. He's an unbelievable. He had an unbelievable year. If I had a third place vote, I would give it to Kelsey. But that was my top three. Justin Jefferson, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. Yeah, I think that's a great list. You could throw a couple of the other quarterbacks on there that maybe yep. aren't uh, going to win MVP. I think that Justin Jefferson is my pick. Tyreek Hill would probably be second to me. It was a one-two race the entire year. And yeah. what they do to defenses structurally is a big part of that. Yes. I want to say, checking the numbers today, just doing some quick math, I think the Vikings saw two high coverages on 46% of their snaps, according to True Media, which was one of the highest rates in the entire yeah. league. You yeah. know, The other guys that were up there, the Dolphins were obviously up there. Yep. The Bengals were up there just because yep. that's how teams play against the Bengals and play against Joe Burrow now. But the Vikings were on there because of Justin Jefferson. and. Yes. Tyreek Hill has Jalen Waddle. Yes. And I think that's important. And I think yes. we've seen how important it is to have that secondary receiving option on some of these offenses, what Devontae Smith and even Dallas Goddard did. And obviously, TJ Hawkinson was there for the second half of the season, but they didn't really have that. You know, Adam yeah. Thielen was great in his prime. He was a great, great player. Yes. Adam Thielen is long in the tooth right now. Justin Jefferson was solely the focus of so many of these passing games in a way that Tyreek Hill couldn't be because Jalen Waddle was there. And I just think that's what kind of pushes it over the edge beyond the fact that he led the NFL in receiving yards, second in yards per route run. He checks so many of the boxes you want to along with so many of the underlying influences that he had on the game. And he had 80 receiving first downs. I think that that stat is really that speaks to it, where he's just moving the chains consistently yep. the entire season, and it was really hard to take him out of a game. And even when you did, like, kind of on Sunday yeah. or Saturday, whatever the hell that game happened, I have no idea anymore. 
Kirk Cousins finished 31 of 39 in that game. I mean, yeah. they you open things up for other guys. And so even else. if he's not piling it up, the reason he's not piling it up is because other guys are open. And I thought that was a perfect example. We've hinted at it before, but anytime you watch a Vikings game, watch the red zone and watch all the eyeballs that go on Justin Jefferson yeah. and how it pops everybody else open. Um, like TJ Hawkinson caught a first down. They motioned Jefferson to the other side. This was in the red zone. It was like third and three. Motion Je- Jefferson to the other side. Three guys on the Giants defense got influenced just by him going in motion. That's how many – and TJ Hawkinson gets, gets a wide open out route on a sprint out. That first down metric, and we're going to be referring to a lot uh, about first downs, he had 80 first downs. That's more catches. Amari Cooper had 78 catches. Brandon Ayuk had 78 catches. Terry McLaurin had 77 catches, receptions. Um, Jalen Waddle had 75 receptions. Uh, Mike Evans, 77. He had more first downs than these guys had catches. That that's is crazy. Yeah. That that's it's ridiculous what he is, but uh, no, everything I test the influence of the game. Pop, he's valuable to his team. Awesome player. I think he's more than deserving of this award. Defensive player of the year. Who do you got? As as much as I I wanted Parsons to to get this award, it's too hard not to give it to Nick Bosa. I, I think Nick Bosa was just. I mean, unbelievable this season. Uh, just metric wise, I think it's a two horse race between 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 those two. There's some other nice players, but I think Dick Bosa is the pick here. Um, he had 49 hits and sacks combined this year in the last 10 years. So since 2012, the next highest is TJ Watt, 22 with 42, and he only he didn't play yeah. all 17 games. So you can't say, oh, he had an extra game to do that. There, there are only two players that have more than 40. He almost had 50. Uh, I mean, just other stuff, the pressures, he had 90, they both had 90 pressures, Parsons and Bosa, but just everything, the pressure rate, it's not just, you know, it's, he's affecting every play. And again, we're talking about how other teams have to get influenced by him. Watch how teams have to treat Nick Bosa. You have to account for where he's at every snap, but amazing year from him. Amazing year from Parsons as well. But I think Bosa really took, ran with it that last month of the season. PFF has a stat called pass rush productivity, which is it weights sacks and hits higher than pressures. And it's just kind of a per snap rate yeah. metric about how you affect the quarterback. So this season, the only guys with at least 20% of their team snaps that are ranked higher were Josh Uche and Bryce Huff, who are situational pass rushers. PPRs, yeah, yeah. pass rushers. Yep. So for players that played at least half their team snaps, Bosa had the highest pass rush productivity mark since 2015. And that's, that's how good he was on a person yeah. basis. He Just was incredible. All the, all the other pass rushers that have come through in that time. Miles Garrett, yeah. TJ Watt. Like, I mean, damn, it's impressive. He had twice as many quarterback hits as anyone else in the league this season. <laughs> I picked Nick Bosa before the season. You did. I think Nick Bosa will win the award. Yeah. I did not pick Nick Bosa. <gasps> Who'd you go with? I picked Chris Jones. Wow. Wow, I love it. On my short list, but I did not give it to him. I love it. I love it. No, I, so I want to I, hear this. I was, I was digging into the, to the numbers and just kind of thinking about the game he had last yeah. week. And so Brandon Thorne does something called true sack rate. Yes. Which measures the quality of a player's sacks beyond just the total number. And there's a bunch of different factors involved in it. Chris Jones had 12 high quality sacks this season, mm-hmm. which was more than any other player in the league. He had the second highest true sack score in the NFL other than Hassan Reddick. Okay. He did this while being double teamed at the highest rate of any player in the league. That's incredible. That's insane. He had, he had the fifth highest pass rush win rate, according to PFF, according to ESPN, among all players, and the highest double team rate among all players. 
To be able to do this while getting double teamed at that rate is absolutely insane. He had 77 pressures. That was the fifth most of all players at any position. And he did that being double teamed at the highest rate of anyone in the NFL. Only Max Crosby played more pass rush snaps this year than Chris Jones at 310 pounds, whatever he is, as an interior (laughs) defensive line. Playing inside. (laughs) And the one that, the the stat that really jumps out to me, two of them, I mean, one's a stat and one's just kind of a feel thing. 71% of his sacks this season ended opponent drives. That's it. He's the closer. That's what he is. In, that is that's what I keep coming back to. He had 15 and a half sacks, by the way. He had 15 and a half sacks as an in, he plays inside outside, but yeah. a ma- ma- majority, majority of the time he plays of the on the interior. Inside. Yeah. Okay. He 71% of his sacks, that's right up there near the top of the league. Reddix was yeah. at 78. That guy was just a drive ender. But right in like the top three or four of all players in any position that had that were in the top 10 in, like mm-hmm. of overall sacks. Okay. He all of his sacks, when you go back and watch them, third down late in the third quarter against the Chargers in a one-score game. Final drive of the second Charger game when they're down a field goal with 30 seconds left to get to sack on the first play. Third down in the fourth quarter against the Bills when they're up by a field goal, gets a sack. Mm -hmm. Third and nine in the red zone against the Jags in what was becoming a tight game. A minute left, fourth and two, up three against the Broncos in the fourth quarter. Drive ending sack to finish it off. Every single sack of his this year seemed to come in one of those big moments. And it's the high quality ones. The quality is measured by how quickly you're getting it. Is it a coverage sack? Who are you going against? And so his ability to affect the game in the biggest moments consistently from the position that he did while drawing the attention that he did, that's I'm giving it to him. You know, Bosa had a really nice season, but yeah. Bosa doesn't get double teamed at that rate. He gets chipped a decent amount. But if you look at the numbers, it's, it does not happen at quite the same pace. They had the same amount of run stops. They both had 10 pressures that led to throwaways, which yeah. was not near the top of the league, but it Jones wasn't like Bosa more threw him away. As well, three. It was only three, oh, three. So he didn't have a ton, but yeah. I just felt just like. Just wait for the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He'll double the it. Way, the, the, way, the rate at which he affected the game, the yeah. moments at which he affected the game, and then the overall counting stat. To do that as a defensive tackle, I thought was remarkable. And I think that part of the reason that we don't throw him in there as quickly is that the Chiefs don't have this culture of defense. No. And I think that that's why we overlook him because of how we talk about Mahomes and how Mm -hmm. we talk about the offense and Kelsey and what they've been like over the last few years. But the double team thing is what puts it over the top for me. The, oh, how much uh, attention he's it. drawing and still affecting the game when it matters most, that's what did it. And so I know it's kind of a strange choice, and I was on Bosa all year, but as I sat down to really dig into it today, and I was like, you know what? Chris, Chris Jones is going to be my pick. I, I, I love it. I, I absolutely love it. He came in third because I, I stacked these for me behind Parsons, and then fourth. I actually thought for a split second you were going to drop in Fred Warner there out of nowhere. Like That's, no, a, no, that's no, who no, I thought I, you were going with there, but – I get it with Jones, and I, the, uh, I love that you're bringing up all the third down, the fourth quarter stats, or close game stats, I should say, because that's what he is, and I use the term closer that stole, I stole it from Romo, but also it's the clutch time. Like It's just like when you watch other sports and you see the you know uh, runners in scoring position stats, you know, two-strike stats also, or in basketball, you know, one-score games in basketball, how they shoot and everything. That's what Chris Jones does. He steps up. That's why... He sticks in your brain so much. It's not some empty first down sack on first, you know, in the first quarter, you know, when uh, going against a backup guard one on one. He takes the best, uh, like, or takes on the best every single snap. And those instant pressures are so valuable. The fact that he gets there so quick, there's no runarounds. The play's dead. 
but I, I wonder where his time to sack is because those plays are. I was dead. trying to find it, and I don't yeah. think it's readily available with any oh, of the man. services that we that's use because I did want to find that out because, and that's the high quality sacks. That's a measure of that. Speaks how to quickly that. are you winning? How are you yep. getting your sacks? It's not late in the down. And, and the you double feel team that, stat, man, the, uh, that, that matters. And why it happens is when you're on the inside, and this is why pat, good pass rushers on the inside are insanely valuable. You should be listening to this as a guy scouting some defensive players for the Bears this this offseason is. But why that's so valuable is, well, where do teams invest in? Tackles, you know, and yeah. also you're taking double teams. Okay, you're taking on two guys and winning as opposed to just a nose tackle, taking just taking the blocks and just sitting there, you know, and everybody else can get freed up. You're actually affecting the game. So I understand it. I I, I, I really do. I think Bosa is, yeah, easily going to win it. But And I that was my pick. I haven't wavered in the second half of the year. But I understand Chris Jones is a fucking good football player. <laughs> it's very, very close. And I, I easily could have picked Bosa, but I just felt like he's not getting nearly enough love here. He's not going to be in these conversations to the yeah. degree that he should. And I, I just wanted to to throw it out there. It's one, it's one of my big regrets. I didn't pick him in the non-QB draft. That was one of my big regrets of this year. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Executive of the year. I like this. So what what is this? Is this uh adapted screenplay? Is, yeah, is this, something like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Executive of the year. I there's some other guys. I want to mention the other guys first. John Lynch and John Schneider. I uh, I are on my other short list. Just who they Lynch, look at this roster. Uh, I mean, not even considering the quarterback, but I know Kyle Shanahan has a lot of say in it. But look at how many of these guys are just stars now that middle round, late round picks. Um, the trades he's made, you know, for CMC, uh, John Schneider is my other one. The revamp he right now, that's a, one of the biggest trade wins in NFL history. <laughs> I mean, getting those picks, uh, what happened with Russell, but betting on Gino, even though maybe sometimes they kind of backdoor their way into Gino. Um, also with all those rookies that he just crushed in this draft. I mean, this is one of the best drafts in the, uh, in a while. I really think the Seahawks draft, they nailed it, but. Having said all that, my pick is Howie Roseman for the Philadelphia Same. Eagles. Yeah. I, I would put it's Josh Snyder second for everything you just said. Yeah. The Russell trade is a coup. The amount of the, the picks that they got, the guys that they drafted, how they've set themselves up. But just look at all the moves oh, that Howie Roseman made this look spring to set up yes. this team. Yeah. Yeah. Look at this team. And all these, and all the one year flyers on guys that, I mean, just he should have gotten it alone for getting, for getting, uh, Son Reddick and uh, uh, and Bradbury, like that, like just those two alone should win him the award. I think, <laughs> much less the AJ Brown trade and everything else. I was like, those two guys just signing those guys off to like for pretty cheap deals. Like that should get you the award because look at those two. AJ Brown, something that happened this year. Yep. This is a hard award to give out sometimes it is. because a lot of things that are short term gains lead to long term losses, or they're moves that are going to move the needle really far in year one, but as you start to pay for them in the future, it's hard to understand right. exactly how valuable those moves were, okay? But all of these moves that he made, or you see some of the quality after two years, you know, like, right. oh man, this guy's great, but you know, he drafted Devontae Smith two years ago. Right. So th- that's why it's hard executive of the year, because these are also, also a lot of the times these like, are multi-year considerations. It's like executive of the term. <laughs> like, yeah, that's exactly. That's kind of how it ends the, up. They're yeah. multi-year considerations, yeah, you know, and but. so <laughs> that's not the case here. No. no the Hassan Reddick, and we'll see what happens with Hassan Reddick. That's a multi-year deal, but that looks like a home run. He's yeah. making 15 million bucks a year. We just talked about he had the highest true sack rate in the entire NFL this year. Yes. He was I right there as well. one of the most effective pass rushers in the entire league. And yep. that guy ends drives for opposing teams. Yep. So they got him at a less than market rate price. He's making like yes. 15 million bucks a year. 
Okay. Where sacks go for what? Like $2 million a pop? Like basically yeah. a market rate value? <laughs> That's about what it is. It and, is? and this guy, and Joe, I mean, Nick, Nick Bosa is going to make $30 million a year on his yeah. next contract. Hassan Reddick makes half of that. Yes. And he was one of the best pass rushers in football this season. Mm-hmm. James Bradbury signed for like $7 bucks. I still right? don't understand that one. Like how he, how he made it. He was my second team all pro corner. Yep. And I think he's probably in the conversation as one yep. of the best corners in the league this season. Top, yep. top 10 at the very least. Got it for $7 bucks. Okay. They traded nothing for CJ Gardner Johnson right before the season started. Yes. Another one. Yes. Nothing. Yes. That's such a good Signing one. Linval Joseph and, and Dominican Sue in the middle yep. of the season. What Linval Joseph allows them to be on defense now, the role that he's filled, yep. they aren't just relying on Jordan Davis as much anymore to be the mid- guy in the middle mm-hmm. of their defense. And then obviously the big one is the A.J. Brown trade. Yes. But to go get A.J. Brown for a first round pick and a little bit of change when some of these other guys are going for a first and a second, A.J. Brown is 25. Right. right. A.J. Brown is going to be there for a while. And yes. they signed AJ Brown to a sizable contract, but not a crippling contract. I just think that everything about their team building plan this season and over the last two years, but mm-hmm. specifically this year, I think it gives it to Howie Roseman. And I don't think it's particularly close. They had a reset hard. You know, they went through cap hell and kind of had to revamp their whole team, and he's crushed it. Uh, I yeah. mean, seriously, he really has. Um, uh, it, that team is just, it's ridiculous. And the fact, just think of it this way they, did uh, no Bradbury didn't get all pro, did he? I was gonna say they he signed or traded for three all pros <laughs> in one offseason on top of all the building and all the picks he's accumulated and all the other stuff that he has done. But the fact that he's getting that level of quality where other teams have those avenues, it's not like we're not giving it to him because he took Andrew Luck number one overall and it's like, wow, you know, way yeah. to go, you know, anything like that. It's like all these moves are him, like, or his organization and his personnel staff. And the fact that they're finding these ways, they're red paper clipping it, it's unbelievable. So I think he easily wins this award. I, I really, the other guys I wanted to mention, but this was a feather in the cap year for Howie. You got the 10th overall pick coming this year, by yeah. the way. Oh, yeah. It's, it's also a trade that they made there. this year. Yeah, so sprinkled in there. It, everything about the win. Oh, line depth. Roseman did. It, it, it was just an <laughs> unbelievable job. All right. Yes. Assistant coach of the year. I forgot this was an AP award until last night. Okay. When they flashed it on the screen that Dan Quinn won it last year. Right. So I was like, oh, let's throw this in here. Let's, let's throw it. it in. Yeah. Oh, man, my short list is like eight guys. <laughs> uh, so, so you want me to go first? Yeah, go first. I want to hear what you say. I couldn't pick. <gasps> Really? My yeah, answer okay, is but, I am, my answer is I am a coward. But no, let's do a podium. Let's do a top three. Like yeah. All right. So this is why it was hard because I think that some of the answers I would have had contradicted some of the other awards that I was going to hand out for okay. a bunch of reasons. So that's so why you did want to kind of go against your own logic, kind of thing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Shane Steichen was one of the first names that came to mind. He's on my short list. Right. Okay. Well. Look at all the talent that the Eagles have. Correct. You know, yes. so that's it, it's why Nick Sirianni isn't my coach of the year because Howie yes. Roseman is my executive of the year. Correct. So I was like, all right, am I really going to give it to Steichen? Spoilers. But I thought but yes. the job that they did molding their offense this season, evolving yeah. their offense, yep. folding in that new talent. He's finding a, answer, finding answers. He's been you said so evolving. Good. So good. So he's good. been I'm, so I'm good. Very impressed with him. The like transition really that they've made from who they were last year into who yep. they are now. We had so much conversation about that and what they would be on offense, and it's even better than I think most of us could have imagined. He's on right. D'Amico Ryan's. Yeah. What D'Amico Ryan's has done with the 49ers defense, we forget that like Tayshawn Gibson is a starter for the Niners, who's right. a guy they signed off the street before the year yep. started. They lost Emmanuel Mosley. We don't even talk about it. 
nope. because Lenore is playing just fine. They haven't had Eric Armstead for chunks of the season. Yep. Javon Kinlaw didn't play a ton. We just talk about the Niners like they have this overwhelming amount of talent. And they have a lot of really good players. But the, we don't even notice when some of those guys are in and out of the lineup because of how well coached they are on that side of the ball. And I think that's really, really important. Mike Kafka. Yes. Calling plays for that Giants team that is top 10 in offensive yep. DVOA with the island of misfit toys out there. <laughs> right. I, it's it's insane. Ben Johnson uh, called hey, the Spoilers, most effect- but on the Thursday show, I'm going to talk about my becoming Kafka-pilled. Uh, a lot, uh, lot of Kafka talk is coming So there'll be week. some Kafka talk later this week, just spoilers. And ben Johnson was the other one that I had. Uh, another great I, one. Second half of the season, they were the most efficient offense in football. And I, I really like some, yeah, I like yeah. some of the pieces that they have. Like yep. I love Amon Ross St. Brown, but to create this offense without this overwhelming wave of skill position talent, the line is good, but yes. it wasn't a grind you into dust. But we can run the ball for six yards to carry line the whole in the year too. Of the season. Yes. Yes. And yep. so that, that was my group of four that I just kind of ripped off the top of my head and I just didn't want to pick because I couldn't. Yeah. No, I, that's, that's great. So D'Amico Ryan's was my pick. And why I almost wavered from it was trying to, you know, they do have some damn good players like Fred Warner and Nick Bosa and Hafanga. Jimmy Ward was an all pro for me, but I also, that speaks to what the innovation I've seen from Ryan's and why he ended up being my pick was he put Jimmy Ward at the freaking nickel and stuff like that. And, and trusting Lenore, Lenore was going to be the slot guy and he revamped and changed it. I mean, I watched this whole preseason with them trying to figure it out. And also, Every week, even though they run, you know, some similar coverages week after week, and of course, Fred Warner unlocks a lot of that, being able to run quarters, and he takes away the middle, is that you watch their blitz packages. He changes that shit up, which shows to me that he understands what the offense is doing. He seems just unbelievably brilliant as a coach. And I mean, the game that sticks out to me, this is the last year, and I'm actually, that's why I'm so curious about it this year, is 49ers Cowboys in the playoffs. Remember those and 49ers Packers in the playoffs, those fastball blitzes he was showing and fake blitzes and simulated. He did that all throughout this year and changing how he attacks offenses rather than just. I'm already getting excited about the game. Oh <laughs> Dak, Dak versus the 49ers defense. Oh, my God. I cannot wait. Uh, but no, he was my he ended up being my pick. All the short list guys that you you brought up were on my short list as well. The one non-coordinator I had up there is Jeff Stoutland. From the, from the Eagles, just because uh, I think that Eagles offensive line, I love watching them. I had both Cowboys assistants on my short list as well. Like I said, I had eight guys, guys. You, you're going to have to listen I think that's to totally f- I, I totally get the Cowboys, guys. I think this, that – what yeah. a game by Kellen Moore last night. Oh, what, what a called game. I mean, Dak was Magnum fantastic, Opus. but yeah. so many different personnel groupings and yep. alignments and one by three formations and we're getting this answer because of yep. this and we're going empty so we get quarters. It was just – both of them were just pulling the right levers all it's night cool. at the right times. It's awesome. I love Kellen Moore is really imp- I've always liked him, but he's really impressed me this year. Not getting just understanding what it, what what they are, and I just love that offense too. Um, ben Johnson, like you said, um, Luana Rumo was on my short list as well because I, I, I got to throw him some credit. I, I love watching him too. He just didn't have that maybe one thing I could stick with. And Evero from the Broncos as well. Um, that was another one. They kind of tapered off in the year. But at probably the midway point, he was my guy. Uh, that was my pick if I had to pick one of these. But kind of the second half of the year kind of wavered with that. But a lot of good coaches out there right now. A lot of cool units out there right now. And D'Amico Ryan's ended up being my pick. But all these guys, I would have not blinked an eye if you picked one of them. <laughs> if he doesn't get a head coaching job and Evero ends up being a defensive coordinator somewhere, whoever gets him 
oh as God. part of this cycle. That's a coup yeah. because yes. the only reason he's not a bigger head coach candidate name and a hotter name is because of their te- lack of team success. Yes, like typically you don't have else. somebody who's that good as a coordinator become available like this nope. when he has because of the way the Broncos imploded. So, oh, they had they said like, oh, he might be interviewing with the Falcons for the DC yeah, spot. And he I was is. like, oh, I was like, Arthur Smith, man, you know what you're doing, buddy, building that super weapon down there. Like that would be, I would love that pairing down there. <laughs> Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right. Offensive rookie of the year. Okay. This one, this one is fun. I think this one's really fun for me anyways. Okay. I ended up going with Chris Olave. So did I, which annoys me. I, that does annoy me too. We, you, we were in the pre-show meeting. You mentioned something with Olave. And I was like, oh, that means you've been looking at it. And this goes into uh, counting stats situation and also just underlying metrics. That's why I'm going with Olave. Olave missed, Olave missed some time. Um, second for me, this will help my discussion with Olave is Garrett Wilson. They're Ohio State okay. teammates. Yes. And then third is the third is the Falcons duo of Tyler Algier and Drake London. Like <laughs> I didn't know which Kenneth Walker, I think, is worth mentioning as He's well. He's in there as well. Yes. But that was my three three A, three B, three C, I guess, too, as well. But this is where why I just truly <laughs> really like watching Olave and why I consider him my offensive rookie of the year. Just underlying metrics. Not only did he finish with over a thousand yards, thousand forty-two on seventy-two catches, which is pretty pretty substantial. Um, he since ro- rookie receiver since two thousand twelve, so it's an eighty-nine player sample size that have run three hundred more routes. Olave is fifth in yards per route run. The only four above him: OBJ, AJ Brown, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase. That's insane. That's, that's a great a, stat. That's a great group right there. There are only 14 rookie receivers that have averaged two or more yards per route run. And I'll just finish it off because I love this list. So it's OBJ, AJ Brown, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Olave, Juju Smith-Schuster, who people forget had an amazing start to his career, Drake London, uh, Mike Evans, Michael Thomas, Cooper Cup, Scary Terry, Debo Samuel, Keenan Allen, and uh, Chase Claypool. Who kind of kind of <laughs> ruins the sample Listen, size a little Chase bit? Chase Claypool is coming back <laughs> strong this year. All right, I don't want to hear any Chase Claypool <laughs> slander on the show. Ruin my ruin my stat a little bit, but it's, no. But that's a great group to be a part of. Olave is fourth in first downs per route uh, among rookies since 2012. Garrett Wilson, who also finished with 1,100 yards, four touchdowns, way more targets. Yes, he played with some crap QB play this year, but over a hundred of his targets came when the Jets were trailing. Uh, no receiver had more targets this year in the entire league, not just rookies, when they're down by two scar- scores than Garrett Wilson. And that is not to say Garrett Wilson is not a good player. He is a 
exceptional player. It's just that a lot of that production, those counting stats came as empty calorie stats. And that's, for me, what tips it over for Olave. I think he is just more down-to-down efficient and still had the basic counting stats. But I, I, that's why I can understand if you do want to give it to Wilson, but that's why I'm making it with Olave. Just that yards per route run stat sticks with me and that group that he's in, that showed that he had a truly exceptional year. I had a really hard time picking between them. Yeah. So this morning, I was looking at a lot of the stats, looking at a lot of the rate stats, and I'm like, man, Olave played two fewer games than Garrett Wilson. Mm-hmm. Like That might be enough to change it. So I was like, okay, I still can't decide. It's tough. But let's go to the tape. So I went back and I just pulled up all of their targets each okay. year. And I watched the second half of the season for each guy. And Chris Olave is just a high, high-level NFL receiver already. He's a star. He's a star. And I, and I think that's what kind of put it over the top. And Wilson it moves so differently. Like you can just feel the amount of explosiveness mm-hmm. and juice he has every time he touches the ball. He just moves differently than other guys on the field. And that I'm very excited about who he's going to be in yes. the league. And he is clearly like a guy immediately. Yes. And you can feel that when you watch him. But Olave has all of it already. Yes. The thing that I think is so crazy about Olave is all of these efficiency metrics that you're talking about. He did this while averaging the fourth deepest target in the entire NFL. The only guys who have had deeper targets per air yards per target in the NFL this season than Chris Olave were Gabe Davis, DJ Chark, George Pickens. That's it. And those are all and, true X's, the vertical X's. Yes. And that's what they are. So yep. that you have that. And so he's and he's a deep threat already. Like yes. he can just he's running by people already, but that's not all he is. Nope. The idea of what Chris Olave could be coming into the season, this guy who has four two and change speed, but is also incredibly polished, yes. that idea has already been realized. Correct. He yep. is the best version of who we thought he might be coming into the league. The deep stats are there. He's an incredible deep receiver already. He was fourth in the NFL in yards per route run against zone coverage. His feel. feel for setting stuff down and when to cut routes off and settling in zones mm-hmm. and the way he moves back to the ball and sits down, his awareness combined with the route running savvy, combined with the explosiveness, like he is everything we wanted him to be already. And yes. then you combine that with what the stats tell you. You, know, you said first downs per route run for rookie receivers over that time. Chris Olavi this season okay, was 11th. And first downs per route run among all players. Yeah. Here are the guys ahead of him. Tyreek Hill, Amon Ross St. Brown, Travis Kelsey, Stefan Diggs, Cooper Cup, C.D. Lamb, Justin Jefferson, Drake London, Jalen Waddell, Jamar Chase. That's that's it. That's it. That's who and you so want to that, be with. <laughs> that is the company he's kept this year yes. with the type of player he was down in and down out. And you mentioned yards per route run and rookie receivers – for that stretch. He was seventh this year. The only guys ahead of him in yards per route run this season ahead of Chris Olave were Tyreek Hill, Justin Jefferson, Jalen Waddle, AJ Brown, Stefan Diggs, Devonte Adams. That's wild. All, all I pros. mean, that that's, those are all pro players. Yes. And so the effect he was having on the game consistently yes. beyond just the counting stats, all of that, I just could not give it to him. Even if Wilson's volume metrics and the overall yep. production were a little bit higher. Yep. No, and that's that's what it is. I'm glad you talked about how he came in. That what we talked about in the, the draft process. 
I loved Olave. I loved him because it's, I haven't watched a receiver that just truly, truly polished. I love Devontae Smith as well. Devontae Smith has a lot of that as well, his ball skills and everything. It, it kind of different, but it was just Olave was a pro, was a pro receiver playing in college already. A true route, three level route runner. The, the what you talked about with the zone stuff is so, so, so like what, what Olave is that feel like if he's running a curl route, he breaks it sharp, like right back at the quarterback, perfectly how you would teach it. But then he understands how, if it's scramble drill, he understands how to just moves intelligently. He's an intelligent football player on top of running a four, three flat or whatever he ran, just something ridiculous. No, I think I'm glad you brought those, all the stats up too, because it's just, he had less chances. Andy Dalton played fine this year. Yes. He overall probably had a better quarterback session than Garrett Wilson did, but he didn't have the same opportunities. He's running true routes. He's not getting any of the gimmick stuff. It's not like he just, you know, nerfed his stats because they only throw the ball, you know, 10 times a game and a heavy play action offense, you know, something of that sort. Yes, they do it, but not like a Titans, you know, during AJ Brown's rookie year. Uh, but it's just, it's true offensive football and he's running a complete, his, his route tree percentage is a hundred percent. Like if it was an RPG and you had a max, <laughs> max out his stats, his is at like 99 <laughs> trying to like bump it up a little bit more. He he's, he's incredible. I I'm really glad that you ended up on the same one, even though people are going to laugh at us because people should watch this dude. He is really, really fun. He's awesome. What he reminds yeah. me of, and this is kind of what we thought he might be coming into the league. And again, it's kind of been realized. To me, he's Calvin Ridley with more vertical speed. Yeah. That's like that's what he feels like, where he has mm-hmm. all of the route running savvy and all yep. that stuff that you want that Calvin Ridley really thrives on, but he runs a four two seven. Yep. I mean he can run by you. And yes. that's what he did this year. Mm-hmm. And that kind the one of one on Ramsey. He torched he, Ramsey. He's gonna be really, really good. And yeah. I'm excited <laughs> to watch him moving forward. So yes. the other we talked a lot about this year is like earning targets. Like yep. how how much do you earn targets within your offense? Are you the first route in the progression? How does that work? The receivers who had a higher percentage of targets per route run this season in the NFL than Chris Olave were Tyreek Hill, Austin Eckler, Devonta Adams, Cooper Cup, and again, Drake London. Yeah. He's that's the guy. it. Yeah. That's it. Yes. By also, the way, also, all of these yeah. underlying Drake London stats. That's what I was just about go, to go, say. <laughs> go, 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 go buy Drake London uh, real, real cheap in your dynasty league. Yes. Go, go do it. He's, he's the real deal as well. These are. Those are my top two receivers in this draft, so <laughs> I feel I feel happy about it. But having said all this, Garrett Wilson is still a great player as well. It's just he's that he's a force of nature with the yes. ball in his hands when he's yes. moving. I, I just think he he just jumps off the screen. The ways that Olave is great, I think, are quieter than the ways that right. Garrett Wilson impacts the game and shows off right now and kind of shows out. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't think it's any less impactful. I think it's more impactful, even I if it's too. not as obvious. Because you you're gonna dial up you can dial up anything for Olave, which is you don't yes. there's not a lot of players in the league you can do that for. And that's what the best receivers are. You can dial up every any type of play and he's gonna maximize it. That's what it is. I totally agree. Do you have a third? I'm, I'm, you, 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 who'd you have for a, a Kenneth third, Walker was my Kenneth third. Walker, I, I, is, I, Kenneth Walker was a really good productive another player. Another great fun player. Yeah. 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 Sonic yeah. the Hedgehog. That's what that's what I'm calling him now, because that's how he just he runs like he's spun up and runs into the offense a lot. <laughs> Ton of fun. I don't want to be mean about this. We're not doing this with Brock Purdy. No, we're not do we're not doing this. No, I, I don't want to hear about it again. No, he played started five games this season. Yeah. We're not. This is not fine, happening. But just no, 
no, that's that's not it. This no. <laughs> but I will talk about my other ones. I had Tyler Algier because uh, he really came on the second half of the year. I wish it was the first half of the year too at my sixty to one betting ticket that I had on him. But he finished with over thousand yards in sixteen games. Already productive receiver. That's what he was in college as well. Coming out of BYU. Um, to me, he seemed like he got faster as the season went along. Uh, like I think maybe being in a pro program, like weightlifting, and I think I think he was a maybe diet. A little bit with him because he looked a little surreal thing with with the real thing it really is but he was first in epa per target a small sample size he finished uh third among players in first downs per rush with players with 200 more rushes only behind josh jacobs and aaron jones that's that's pretty good that's really (laughs) pretty pretty good uh good player Uh, falcons are another team that nailed their draft as well because they got a couple very very good players drake london tower gear being those all right defensive rookie of the year i think this is this is pretty I was going to say one. Sauce Gardner, New York Jets. It's, uh, I mean, he it, it, grabbed that award and didn't let up the entire year. If you want the reasoning, just go back and listen to our all pro show. Yes. I'll, I'll just repeat some of the stats. He led the league in forced incompletions, mm-hmm. uh, according to PFF, despite ranking 30th in targets. Yes. He forced an incompletion on 28% of his targets. No player in the league was higher than 22%. He led the league in PBUs despite ranking 30th in targets. That's incredible. And you brought it up on the All-Pro show. Usually the guy that leads that is because they're getting targeted a bunch because offenses want to target them. No, offenses don't want to target him. And then when they do, he's punishing it. He's awesome. Tariq Wollin had a really, really good rookie season. I'm very excited about the player that Tariq Wollin is going to be. Sauce Gardner was a first-team All-Pro level corner as a rookie. Yes. Like he is the defensive rookie of the year. That there's yeah. not that much more to it than no than that That's for it. me. And Aiden Hutchinson had a nice second half of the year. Nope, but it was sauce. If Aiden way. Hutchinson had had the second half of the season he had in the first half of the season, yes. this would have been a more interesting a conversation. But he but. took a while to come on because rookies take a while to come. They on. do. They don't come in week one and and lock down corner week one at going against top tier receivers like Jamar Chase. Well, that was week two, but Jamar Chase and T Higgins and not missing a beat. He's awesome, guys. Sauce Gardner is a, the, as complete of a corner as you'll ever watch. He's long. He's physical. He's smart. It, he is awesome. St- sick player. Easily wins this award for me. I'm excited about Hutchinson. I did not think he'd be this good this fast. And what he did during the second half yeah. of the season, I had yeah. concerns about him. I had I concerns do. about the frame and just yep. kind of some of the ways he won in college. And I, He's better than I thought he was going to be. And I, yep. I'm excited to watch him moving forward. He's a really good player. But Sauce wins is going away, in my opinion. I agree. I, I'm right there with you. I, Hutchinson, I knew would have a high floor. Not new, but I assumed he would have a high floor. It was all about ceiling. The fact he's almost hitting double-digit sacks as a rookie is great. That's awesome. Huge. It's yes. huge for the, for yes. the Lions. Because that, that's what I was worried about. <laughs> Coach of the year. This Coach one year. is so, so hard this year. I, I have the, five guys, I think, on my short list. I have I had four. I okay. think that you could probably put more on there. Who's yes. who did you who was your winner? Let's talk My about w- the guys who did not win it first. Okay, I have Pete Carroll as one of mine. Pete Carroll is a great one. Yes, Pete Carroll and Mike McDaniel, but that was kind of like a legacy award from the first half of the year. I think um, that tails off a little bit, but he deserves mention here for what yes. that offense looked like when Tua was healthy. I had Nick Sirianni, who was my winner uh, the uh, first third and second third of the year, but then. Time went I thought you were going to go with Sirianni. I so almost did. I almost did. And then I, 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 I think I know who you have. But then Brian Dable was my other one. And then you ready? My my winner is Kyle Shanahan. Did you have to hear? I, I, I get it. 
I, I he is not my he okay. is not my winner, but okay. he is my he's my runner up. Okay, and, and. I think. That kind of came on late. Explain yes. your reasoning, but it's. I think he's my runner-up for probably similar reasons. This is this is not like this is not the reason, but I have an anecdote, a personal anecdote of what kind of started my thinking, and maybe about two weeks ago. So yeah, it was right around New Year's, and my father-in-law was over. He was in the kitchen with me, and and we were just talking, and uh, they came over on a Sunday morning to help us out with a newborn, obviously, and we had Red Zone Channel on. And they show the 49ers game and he just looks at me. My father knows a little bit about football, but he he looks at me and just goes, uh, he goes, Man, Kyle Shanahan, he's got that he's got Mr. Irrelevant at quarterback. You would think any any he's got with coach of the year, right? Anybody with a third string quarterback's doing what he does has to be coach of the year. And I was I just kind of sat and stared at him. I was like, might be on to something, Jim. <laughs> and I kind of I started diving in, and the more I thought about it, this team, it wasn't even with Trey Lance projected to be the starter this year, it wasn't like they were projected to win nine and a half games. That was their expected win loss, and their expect they are their, their win win total projection by Vegas was nine and a half games. They went thirteen and four. They're second in SRS, you know, which is the simple rating system on football football reference. They're second in DVOA. They are the betting favorite in the NFC now. Yes, Mister Irrelevant is their starting quarterback. Rookie, A Mr. seventh Irrelevant. round rookie is their starting quarterback. They're yes. the betting favorite against an Eagles team that ran roughshod. Over the conference the for the entire year. I see. I yeah, and the how this team is playing, offense and defense. You know, of course, he has. This isn't just being best play caller, but of course, he has that in his bag right now. He has an influence on their personnel and look what the personnel looks like. Um, the defense and letting D'Amico Ryan's do what he does. I'm pretty easy to do when the defense plays like that. But he has. I mean, just being a coach and everything. I feel like this the 49ers team is the most confident. I've seen this 49ers team. Of course, when you're winning games, that helps. But I felt more as more as clock management stuff and that type of stuff. I didn't have maybe as many frustrations with him. He's going forward on fourth down more than he used yes. to, which is encouraging to me. It's still not no. great, but it's better no. than it used to be. He used to be bottom. He used to be like a boomer. Yeah. Like he was way back there. But I, I give it to him. I, I just I love this team. I love watching him. He has so much influence in this team. They over uh, over did. Uh, Blew past expectations, even if you're optimistic with them, and they did it in a, a firm way. <laughs> they did it a they left no doubt, especially in that last six ish weeks of the season, which should have been when they, you know, maybe the top uh, the card house fell over when they go into their third string quarterback. So I, I I gave it to him. I gave Kyle Shanahan coach of the year. I did not expect that maybe even a few weeks ago, but really have been sitting on it, and I feel pretty good about it. I think they've had a tremendous year, and he's done a, an absolutely amazing job as a coach. It's hard not to give it to him. I totally understand the argument. The other side, the one thing you didn't mention, his entire offensive coaching staff left. Yeah. Yes. Another, yes. Over Huge the last drain. two years. Yes. The entire offensive coaching staff Another left. great point. Okay. Let's go through it. Mike McDaniel was his offensive coordinator yep. last year. He left last season. Mike yes. LaFleur was his offensive coordinator two years ago, or yep. one of his two offensive coordinators. The mics kind of worked whatever, together. Yes. Whatever. Yeah. He was gone. Okay. Yep. John Benton was their offensive line coach yes. two years ago. He went with Robert Sala to go with the Jets. Bobby Turner, their longtime running backs coach, yes. he's gone. He he retired or was yep. semi-retired before the season started. Wes Welker was their running back or their wide receivers coach last year. He's in Miami with Mike McDaniel. Yep. Their tight ends coach last season was John Embry, who was their assistant head coach, been with Shanahan forever. He's the tight ends coach in Miami right now. Their quarterbacks coach, Rick Scangarello, was their quarterbacks coach last year. Yep. He's the offensive coordinator in Kentucky, or was the offensive coordinator was. in Kentucky last year. <laughs> the whole staff is different. 
He yeah. replaced his entire offensive staff and has the best offense in football or arguably the best offense in football with a seventh round rookie quarterback. That's yep. crazy. It is crazy. And you know how much it's on him. No, but the, I, the coaching staff stuff is the brain drain could have been so bad. I remember when I went there for camp and I'm looking around, I'm like, man, I don't recognize it. these guys. It's exactly Lynn. what I thought. Anthony I, Lynn, exactly I recognize, what I obviously. Yeah. But the, the other kind of assistants and, and all that. But the quarterback coach is, uh, uh, um, What's space? Brian uh, Greasy. Yeah, Brian Greasy. <laughs> it's not like he's been a long tendered <laughs> tenured coach around the NFL either. Like he's a smart guy and everything, of course. Uh, but no, that that's another great point. I thank you for, for for the more bolt points for my coach of the year pick. <laughs> I totally understand it. He yep. wasn't my runner up. I, I I get it. I just think the talent is so incredible yep. and what they can do with the talent. That's the only thing where it just gives me a tiny bit of pause. The other guy, that's it. I, if yep. you want to give no, it to I him, it. I totally get giving it to him. Brian Dable and that staff with the Giants, look at the guys they're trotting out there. And right. this is not something that's colored by what they did against the Vikings. I already was going to give it to him. Yep. They already had a top yep. 10 offense coming into the playoffs. You said two so weeks I, ago on the show. I, you, I yep. said it. I, yep. So I it was not something that I was swayed by a playoff game when we're supposed to make this on regular season no. resumes no, and regular season production. What they did with that team and that talent on offense, I think, is the most impressive thing any coaching staff did this year with Kyle Shanahan being a very, very, very close runner up. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Mike Kafka calls the plays, but this is kind of what does it for me. He assembled that staff this year. So if we're doing coach of the year for what you accomplished in 2022, he put together that staff. And the self awareness, Dan, Dan Duggan from The Athletic, if you guys want to go read it, wrote a great piece about how the Giants assembled their coaching staff. And they did it a oh, little bit differently awesome. than a lot of teams do. And I, I heard about this in the summer when I was there. And I'm glad that Dan wrote about it. And for Brian Dable to look at the pool of potential offensive coordinators and to go seek out someone like Mike Kafka, who he did not know, right. think about how many buddies get hired. Yes. Think about how many buddies get hired. And yes. think about how hard that becomes when you have to fire one. Like Brandon Staley just had to fire his college offensive coordinator who he's known forever. Like that's yeah. it's tough. Entangle- it's, it's it gets hard. tangled. Yes. Brian Dable sought out Mike Kafka because he was interested in what the Chiefs did on offense. And he's like, I like those ideas. Let me see if I can incorporate some of those ideas. To do that, I think, was really smart and special. Mm-hmm. The ways that he built the rest of his staff, going out and doing the same thing with Wink Martindale and saying, I don't know Wink Martindale, but that's a hard as hell defense to play against. Yep. I might as well try to get me some of that. That requires so much confidence and a combination of confidence and humility. Yeah. Where you just, you, you're not a, you don't, you know, you don't know everything and you're not worried about somebody that maybe has is a rising star or exactly. Just yeah. all of those different things I feel like was so, so smart. Yeah. On his behalf, the situational decision making, yep. how on top of things they are all the time. Some of the fourth down decisions that they had going back to week one, what they did against the Titans, setting yes. the stage for their entire year and being that sort of team, building an offense completely around the skill sets of your players, having Daniel Jones look like Daniel Jones has looked, revitalizing Saquon Barkley's career, dealing with some ro- rotations at offensive line because you had some guys hurt. Mm-hmm. This team was supposed to be tearing it down. Mm-hmm. This team was third from the bottom of the NFL in cash spending this season. The only teams who spent less cash on their roster this year than the New York Giants were the Atlanta Falcons and the Chicago Bears. <laughs> we know that's what those it. two teams are doing. They had to actively cut players yeah. 
in order to field the roster. They had to get rid of James Bradbury because of the cap hell that they were in. Mm -hmm. And it's not like they just luckily stumbled into the playoffs. This is a top 10 offense, Mm -hmm. according to the advanced metrics that you want to look at. And that's what it felt like by the end. Everything makes sense. Everything is built in the right way. And it looks totally different than it looked like he was in Buffalo last year or the Chiefs look like. This is a ground-up coaching job. And if we're trying to award the best coaching job of the year, and that includes assembling the staff and all of that, I have to give it to Brian Dable. I, I, ju- I, like I just it. think he is the winner. I, I like it. I When when Dan Quinn came into Atlanta, and uh, that was the line that he had about Kyle Shanahan when he hired him as offense coordinator. I don't know Kyle. I met him a couple times at the Combine, but I know his offenses were a pain in the ass to defend. So yeah. that's why he went out and got him. That's understanding the league. That's understanding, like we're talking about self-awareness, but just awareness of other things. There's so many, there's so many people that you brought up the buddy hiring, you know, hiring your buddies. That's just lack of awareness of what's going on, the trends of the NFL. A lot of these coaches get in their own little little hole, little pigeonhole. Oh, it's only well, who they vote for is who they played against that year, whoever they watched on tape. They don't expand their horizons sometimes, or like you said, they think they don't have that humility, humility because they think, oh, what I did is the best. Why would I care what the Chiefs are doing? Like, yeah, that's exactly. what happens to a lot of coaches too. And the aggressiveness and understanding the self awareness. That's why I'm just going to keep coming back to you as well. Understanding that we are the underdog in these games. So we have to be aggressive. We have to do trick plays. We have to do going for it on fourth down. Those going for going for two. Understanding that so many of these NFL guys are, I would say, the older generation, it was always like, well, we just want it more. Well, sometimes you got to understand you're a 12 point dog. And, you know, sometimes you got to understand these things, what you are compared to other teams and your opponent. And that way you have to change your own game plan because of it. And I think they do it time after time after time. Every time I watch this Giants offense, I just, and defense, I should say too, it's like, they don't make a lot of mistakes. And that starts at the top because he probably, how they probably practice is probably, they probably practice really well and probably really efficiently. And their meetings are probably really good because both sides of the ball don't make a lot of mistakes. And that starts at the top. And I get it. I'm still going with Shanahan, but I they, it's a really, really impressive job what they've done with the Giants this year. The last small thing, a guy like Kenny Galladay, who's making all that big money, and them saying, you know what? No. you're not. If you're not the best guy, if you're yep, not the guy who's going to give us the best chance to win, if you're not going to be a distillation of what we're trying to build here, you're not going to play. Right. And them going out and getting a guy like Isaiah Hodgins and him becoming the most efficient receiver on their team. That is an unbelievable coaching job. Hutchins is a real deal, by the way. I, He's uh, real. I said it last week, man. I'm I in. I like I'm that guy. Him. Can just play. He's just good. He's just. He's just good. <laughs> I'm watching him. You know, they had one route. They ran a. Uh, sorry, the ruining our Thursday show, and this is the All Pro show. But uh, they ran like a Colorado route, which is like a, a fake slant return route in the mm-hmm. red zone. Had a little issues getting out of it. He's a big body, but everything else, great. But that, that was the one. I was like, they're dialing up stuff for him. But that that speaks to him. He understood. He's playing him and giving him reps, and they know how to dial him up. No, so that that's another good example. Again, don't fight against something. If that don't guy fight that you yes. signed in November is now the best receiver on your team, lean into it. Build Just round use holes. him that way. Build round holes. <laughs> you know, or build, build, build square holes for your square pegs. Like that. That's what he does. All right, last one here, MVP. <laughs> yeah, well, I've spoiled this probably about 12 times on other shows, but going with my bizarre, my preseason pick, 
my pick that has not wavered this entire year, uh, maybe a little bit one 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 time, one week there was, but I'm going with Patrick Mahomes uh, for my MVP, my first team All Pro as well. We gushed about him on that show. Every metric you look at, every eye, eye test, of course, the highlight plays, uh, most total yards by QB ever in a season, over 40 touchdowns, he over over, over 5,000 passing yards in 16 games, fourth most passing first downs in a season ever. Um, seventh most, if you just go 16 games, QBR of 77, EPA for drop back, anything you look at, uh, uh, football outsiders, DYAR, uh, DVOA, passing success rate, everything, scrambling, just a phenomenal year from, from him. I, I think I said in the preseason pick show that he will be on a war path this year. And it felt like that, that offense was on a war path. Um, I think he is the best player in the game. Uh, one of the best players I've ever seen, one of the best players of all time. And this was his year. Uh, apologies to others. Josh Allen was my second pick. And then Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow was kind of tied for third for me uh, because I'm a coward and didn't want to rank one or the, over the other. But those guys had all wonderful years in different ways. But I thought Mahomes this entire year never let up. He never had that one game, even though people wanted to make up maybe that Broncos game where he had three interceptions. He was still phenomenal in that game. Uh, you know, stuff like that. He's he's fantastic. He's the MVP. Yeah. Preseason pick and now postseason pick. So many of the stats are just wild. The wild. one we talked about today when you and I were talking, we are just discussing that to be a great offense, it's about getting first downs on first and second down. It's yes. not You don't even want to get to third down. So I looked up who had the most first downs on first and second down this season in the NFL. The Chiefs led the league with 277. The Vikings were second with 244. That gap between the Chiefs and the Vikings is bigger than the gap between the Vikings and the Bucks. The Bucks ranked 18th. That's insane. Like the difference. That's one. One and two, two is the difference between two and 18 in that yeah. stat specifically. And they were second in the league in third down conversion rate. Yep. So they're moving the chains effortlessly on early downs. On and point. he can pull a rabbit out of his hat on any single third down that you want him to. Yep. 10.8% of his pressures turned into sacks this year. That was the lowest rate in the entire NFL. He had the third lowest sack rate in the league other than Tom Brady and Jared Goff. Tom Brady's dirt and throws left and right to not get hit this entire yes. season. And Jared Goff was played really well, but Jared Goff is not somebody holding on to the ball. Yeah. Mahomes among full-time quarterbacks, so guys that play 50% of their team snaps, there were 24 of them. He had the eighth highest time to throw in the league and had the third lowest sack rate. See, that's, that's That insane. shouldn't be possible. No, and it that shouldn't. is that is who he is. Yeah. He is he is contrasting ideas that can exist at the same time, yep. all of the time. And yep. that's why he's so spe- he's so special. And I've talked about this before this year. I, I'm so guilty of this all the time where I just want the new shiny thing to be exciting because I get bored. And that's how I've wanted to be with some of the quarterbacks. And I think a lot of us thrust guys into that top mm-hmm. tier before they were probably ready to go into that top tier. And I think what I've realized by the end of this year and what I'm more than willing to to come to terms with is that Mahomes is in his own tier. He is in, he is in his own tier of quarterbacks and players in the NFL. He is the best player in football. What he can do for your team on any given play on any given series in any given game is different than what Mm -hmm. everybody else can do because the high level stuff is unbelievable. He's still ranked up near the top of the league in big time throws and big time Mm -hmm. throw percentage, the stuff he can do improvisationally and off schedule, but there are no negative plays. That's it. He was in the bottom five and, turnover worthy player rate. He was in the bottom five. He doesn't get sacked. Like mm. 
what he can do, those two contrasting things that can exist at once, there's no one like that. Josh Allen is further in each direction. You know, there are more negative plays. Mahomes just doesn't have that bottom to his game while having the top. And there's no one like that. And to be able to do it outside of structure, inside of structure, he's probably the best quarterback I've ever seen. And he played this year like that guy. And there's really not a discussion. Like there are really good seasons by Josh Allen and Joe Burrow and Jalen Hurts. And those are the guys that I would put right after that. But it was a special season from an all time great player. And now we're going to start having a conversation about all time hierarchy and pecking order. And you win two MVPs in your first five years and you play the way that he has and what he's done. It's not too early to start having discussions about peaks you know, five-year peaks and five-year yeah. stretches and stuff like that. Obviously, what Tom Brady has accomplished over his career is it's something that takes yeah. 20 years to accomplish. Right. And that's a discussion for a later day. But who those guys have been for extended stretches at their best, what he's doing right now ranks up there with anybody all-time ever. Absolutely. I'm with you. And AFC Championship games that they've made, where they make it to the Final Four. So it's not just empty calorie stats that he's accumulating. He's, he's incredible. And team I, success driven by quarterback quality. Right. Yes. There were Tom Brady made how many AFC championship games and how many playoff runs. But Mike Sando did a fantastic job of doing this project where how much help are you getting from your defense and your special teams? Right. No one got more help from his defense and his special teams over I think, the last 20 years than Tom Brady did. Tom Brady is great, but that team was incredible. Yeah. Mahomes is doing this with middling to bad defenses yes. every single year. Think about the defense last that year. is important to point out. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, no, it, he lets everybody else figure themselves out. It, it's 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 unbelievable. Uh, you're saying it right now, and that's that's I, it's it's so hard for me because I watched you know Brett Favre growing up, and then Peyton, you know, seeing Tom Brady and everything, and it's just the control. Those guys, well, Favre was just chaotic, but Peyton and Tom Brady were so in control of everything. And Drew Brees, you know, these guys were in so control, but that was just throwing the ball. Mahomes, watch those game winning drives with Mahomes. It's he'll throw a sail route within an inch that shouldn't get completed he'll improv a play and then the team plays the defense plays two man and that's the thing with Mahomes does the improv stuff he is so freaking smart that he'll recognize that coverage and go I'm about to scramble just I'm gonna let his defenders get deep okay I'm time to scramble it's a control it's just his own way of doing it and that's he knows how to turn those knobs I'm gonna knife you from the pocket and I'm just gonna hit you for six yard gains oh it's third and nine well here comes a deep ball but I'm going to put it right on the money and avoid a sack or backpedal. Watch them against the Bengals. Even though it's funny, they lost that game and people are like, wow, they really limit. Mahomes was still freaking awesome in that game. There's They're bringing cover zeros and he knows it's cover zero. He knows where he's going. He's backpedaling with pass rushers coming at him and launching it and per- putting it on the money to MVS. It's that all that stuff combined, the knobs, the he can crank up the improv or he can crank up in the pocket, the intelligence, the arm angles. It's just every he has everything. He's a complete He has more player. answers than any more, quarterback yes. I've ever seen. I think yes. that's the way that I would frame it. His toolbox he can the provide more answers right now. Yeah. yeah. To any question. To any <laughs> yes. problem you present to him, he has an answer. Yep. He was third in the NFL this season in EPA generated on scrambles. The only guys ahead of him were Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts. Which is, and that's when you picture the, when you picture Josh Allen, it's like, oh, okay. But the fact that Mahomes is right get near him is ridiculous. There were only two guys. We point, said this on the All Pro Show. Two guys in the NFL had more EPA on scrambles than they took on sacks. Josh Allen was one, and Patrick Mahomes was the other. And that's that. 
that's then a lot. Again, that speaks to the no negatives combined. Yes. And think about how many turnover-worthy plays and how many turnovers Josh Allen had this year. And yes. then contrast that with what Mahomes did. It's just he's on a different level. He's he's in his own he is. stratosphere. And, right. and this is one of his like this is a statement season from him. Uh, there's yes. like, that, that's Warpath. how I would frame it. Warpath. Yeah. yeah. And what you said when you were tearing it, he is in his own tier. And I agree with that. I uh, We have grouped in other guys. Even I was guilty of this mm-hmm. this preseason going like, oh, these guys are in the elite tier. It's this guy, this guy, this guy, you know. And no, it's Mahomes, pause, and then the next tier. So it's like the elite tier, and then it's the Mahomes tier. And that's that's where he's at right now. And that's how he should be acknowledged. He, he's special. We talked a lot about Josh Allen on the All-Pro show and about yeah. why he was second-team All-Pro. I do want to talk about Joe Burrow and Jalen Hurts a little bit before we get out of here. Yeah. Joe Burrow is a special, special quarterback. Like That guy is going to be in these discussions mm-hmm. as we get bored of Mahomes from year to year yep. every single season to be one of the best quarterbacks in the league. I talk about extinguishing those negative plays. Even during a year where he was awesome last season, Joe Burrow took so many sacks. Mm-hmm. He took so many sacks. All right, from week five on, when the Bengals changed the structure of their offense after the disaster first month that they had him getting sacked, he had the ninth best sack rate of any starting quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, five point three percent of his dropbacks. So Dropped. that part of his game yep. has been he's thrown it out the window. So he that was the only thing left. Percent. He dropped a two yes. and a half percent from last year to this year. <laughs> that was the only thing left. Was or is he taking too many sacks? Now the positives are there. The negatives are becoming fewer and further between. The way that he plays the position, the total control that he has, the way he yep. plays on time, the escapability, how he sees things. I am so much bigger of a fan of Joe Burrow at the end of this season than I even was at the end of last season. And I truly, I'm in. I'm like all like the swaggy bullshit and like how much that <laughs> matters. Like hook, line, and sinker. You got me. Like right. I, I think it does matter. And I, yeah. I think that the way he plays and the way he carries himself, the entire package that is Joe Burrow, I am so far in right now compared to even where I was at the end of last year when he was my second team all-pro quarterback. Like that mm-hmm. guy is going to be in the league for 15 years. He's going to be – he's a potential Hall of Fame player. And okay. I've been so, so impressed by him. And I think it's worth acknowledging the season that he had. He was really, really good. And Jalen Hurts was – Jalen Hurts had such a great year. Mm-hmm. And the, how central Jalen Hurts is to who the Eagles are, that's important for that. I, that's what I want to acknowledge. Like, yes, he's somewhat of a product of the talent around him, but the offense is a product of him. His right. ability to be that skeleton key player where we can run it, we can throw it, we can beat you in any way. The answers that the Eagles have and the flexibility that the Eagles have is in part provided by the player that Jalen Hurts is. Right. And I think that's important. It's hard to tang- untangle all that stuff sometimes, but I think it's worth acknowledging that. And he's improved. Uh, even yes. For me, the improvement Hurts. is remarkable. Remarkable, especially throwing over the middle and anticipating and all that. And that's where with, with Hertz too is, is yes, he benefits from the situation and everything. And what you're saying though, is like he is, it's just because the offense coordinator did a good job of designing the offense, he shouldn't get dinged for it. They designed that offense that way to make because they go, Hertz is really good at this shit. Like, he's really good at throwing deep. He's really good at running the ball. Let's lean into it. He's making decisions and all that. So he shouldn't get dinged for that. Um, no, I am glad you brought up the Joe Burrow. I, the couple stats, the two that were notable, you already brought up the one to sack percentage. The one for me was passing success rate, which is is 
him just having those efficient plays, which is just so funny for such a cerebral quarterback to be like, be more of a quarterback. And we keep laughing about this and talking about this. It's real. It's tangible watching the, watching him play, but also just in the metrics. It went from he's six this year, but it almost improved three percent, which is notable. That's a, that's a lot of plays, guys. Um, that he's just finding that efficiency. I agree with you. Watching him, that's why I was a little worried with him last year. Not worried. He was so great last year, but with Burrow was so much was on the go balls or him creating and running around and finding the throws, which is great that he can do that stuff. But that's why I was like, is this always going to be sustainable? But what he showed this year is that even though he was a high floor player, that floor is even higher than I realized as a player. Absolutely. That's what it is, is I knew he would be that good tier. That floor would always be there, but man, it's, it's great. <laughs> it's really up there, that floor. And yeah, I, I'm with you. Burrow had a tremendous year. And of course, Josh Allen had high on the metrics. What he does for that team, we talk about value, what he brings to that team. He is the team. I mean, I mean, the defense is really good. He is that offense, um, for better or for worse. You know, it comes and goes with how he plays. But that's the top four for me. And but yeah, I'm glad you brought got to praise Burrow because how he's been playing is it's, it's fun. It really is. It's really fun to watch a guy play quarterback in that way. 2.37 seconds average time to throw. It's the second fastest in the league, only Brady, which we acknowledged why is was faster than him this year. And, like and they, that's not the most important thing, but it's, it's cool like to watch the game. tape align. Yeah. Yes. And it's it's cool to watch the tape align with the style where, or, or with the numbers where like yes. you watch him and it's like the, the decisions feel like they're coming real fast. Yes. And then you look at the numbers, it's like, ooh, the decisions are coming real fast. <laughs> that's what, that's why sometimes people listening to this is that why we bring up those stats is because sometimes we can say all these, you know, anecdotes and uh, what we watch and everything. Sometimes it's nice to have a metric go like, hey, what we're seeing is this. And that, that shows right then and there. All right. That's all. That's fun. Those are our awards for the year. Yeah. I can't believe that I, Pick Chris Jones over Nick Bosa for defensive player I can't of the year at the last second. But hopefully you have a ticket on him. <laughs> I I did really I, listen the, to I, I, pre, hey, our preseason awards. We did pretty good. We the did satisfaction of I so I assume that Bosa will win. I assume Jefferson will win. I assume yep. Sauce will win. Yep. So our preseason picks, I had I think Justin Herbert was my MVP. Yes. But um I I was between Justin Herbert and Josh Allen. I I would say I like whatever. I, Josh was, Allen was kind of my pick for MVP. How you like, presented it was you were building a story. You're building the narrative of the I season. I was bored. And I, that's, why I pay, that's why I said Justin <laughs> and, Herbert. And it was September Allen, 2nd or whatever it was. So yeah. just, this is true. I, I, Me and my buddy send predictions back and forth every single year on the yeah. end of the season. One of my good friends. Oh, Ryan, my friend Ryan, who you've met. And oh, yeah. in that email, I, I picked Josh Allen. Okay. Like our private email chain. It's on record if people want to see it. Okay. So Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, whatever. My offense player of the year was Justin Jefferson, who's probably yeah. going to win. My defensive player of the year was Nick Bosa, who was probably yes. going to win. Yes. My offensive rookie of the year was Drake London. So yes. Drake London was good. good but he's not going to win. My defensive rookie of the year was Sauce Gardner, yep. who is going to win. I picked yes. Kevin O'Connell to win coach of the year, which yeah. was looking good ba- for a while. <laughs> based on what how coach of the year typically works, yeah. where you're a team that didn't make the playoffs and then you're really good, the market has started to outsmart that. So, yes. But the, Kevin O'Connell, I think, is... The Vikings made the playoffs. Five the way years we ago, we would have gotten it. Five years yes. ago, we would have nailed that one. Yes, I know. And then I th- and I picked Howie to win Executive of the Year. Yeah. And so I think for the most part, I, I feel pretty good about my hit rate. Yeah, I had MVP Mahomes. I had uh, Offensive Player of the Year Jefferson. I, I was kind of like drag cr- kicking and screaming for that one because I wanted some smart pick. And I think I went with Dak as my like long shot pick because I was like it might be a quarterback year. Uh, Defense Player of the Year I had Parsons, uh, but Bosa totally understand. 
had Alave as my rookie of the year, offensive rookie of the year. I had, I think I had Stingley as my defensive rookie of the year, I believe. Um, coach of the year also had O'Connell. I couldn't believe that one. I think coach of the year was the funny one because we, our dark horse was the same as well. We both had, uh, Dennis Allen. <laughs> That's our dark horse. Let's go. And then I, yeah, I couldn't even tell you. And then, yeah, I like, I liked it. We did, the show did pretty good with our picks. You know, some of them were chalk, but you know, Patrick Mahomes wasn't, he wasn't, he wasn't chalk, you know, and then so we, we, and Bosa wasn't, I don't think, I think he was like third or fourth. Um, no, Miles uh, Garrett yeah. was higher than him. Parsons Miles was higher Garrett. than him. I think uh, Watt maybe Even offense, offense player of the year. I don't even think Jefferson was the favorite coming into I the year. Remember. He was up there, but. So I feel feel okay about it. Good job. I feel feel okay about those. Good picks. job, Robert. Yeah. I think way, I got six go. of the seven AFC playoff teams right. I think the Jags yeah. are the only one I didn't get. But we did uh, say, hey, that might be a tasty pick if you yeah. <laughs> if you're looking. I, so I, I wish I I had one. more more courage back then. I did too. But and, and then also, the but NFC you, I got uh, the NFC I didn't get. We, we had I, Packers. I, I had the Packers and yeah. then I had the Rams. So I think Rams. Those, those are the two oh, that Rams, I missed in the NFC. Well, and then the, yeah, yeah. Like I picked the Eagles to win the AF- NFC East. I did not say the Cowboys were going to make the playoffs. Of all was- of my preseason predictions, that is the one I fucked up the most. Is that <laughs> I thought the bottom might come out on the Cowboys. I, I did not you. anticipate their defense being able Staying to sustain same. this without the yep. turnover rate. I we I saw one year of Dan Quinn. I was like, all right, what are they going to be again this year? That was Even so much better than I anticipated. Yep. And what the offense was with the changing personnel with the lack of receiving talent outside of CD with yep. some of the questions about the offensive line. Yep. They overcame so many things this year. And I'm impressed with Mike McCarthy with yep. Kellen Moore with Dak. Like I just did not give enough respect to every element of who the Dallas Cowboys were. That's the prediction. I feel the worst about before I, the season. I was optimistic about them. And I thought it'd be a frustrating 10 and seven year for them. Like kind of like one of those types of years where it's like, yeah, they're good, but they're going to lose in the first round. But no, I, I, I like I really like what the Cowboys have done this year. It's been a lot of fun to watch that team. Also, use a quick rant to end the show. So, the coach of the year, you talk about how the market has gotten smarter, and you know people are figuring this stuff out. So, some of the arguments against like Olave winning Offensive Rookie of the Year is those stats that we brought up: yards per route run, first downs per route, stuff like that. They I've seen on Twitter, and I know Twitter isn't real life, but I've seen on Twitter is what people going, "Well, voters don't look at that." Well, the, I'm going to go on a rant real quick. They fucking should. If you're going to be voting on these awards, look at this stuff. Uh, I'm sorry. I don't know who needs to hear this. I do think it's starting to change. It should. It really should. They're available. They're getting really good. We're figuring out which ones have a lot of weight or potentially do. Um, So sorry, but that's just my quick little sentence there is they should. If you're going to be voting on these awards that actually matter because contracts and everything, like, yeah, let's, let's, you know, put a little homework into it, even if it's a day. You know, I know we... Me and you love this stuff, and we're looking at true media, and until we're I don't know, <laughs> maybe we should have votes. <laughs> oh, that would be fun. I would like that. I'd like that. Whoever wants to listen to this, we, tell we, us did, that. we did an hour long conversation about the offense and the defense for every single position. Where I hope the amount of work we put into it shines through. So if you are a decider on who gets an AP vote, I don't know. I, I may, maybe one. we're maybe we're decent candidates considering yeah. that. Oh, I'd love to amend the all the all pro teams. So it's let's make it three teams. There's 32 teams out there. So let's make it three teams. Let's get a slot position. Let's clean this thing there's, up. There's, there's a third team all NBA. Yeah, there for years. I know, and there's that's five starters on 30 teams. So it's, we got 32 teams. Yeah, we can easily do this. No, no, I, I I have always had stuff against the all pro. So I'm glad I get to like vocalize it, even if I don't officially vote on it. But I'm yes. happy to have given you an outlet for your frustration. Thank that, you. That's what this show is for. Yes, all right. it is. That's all we got. That's it.
This is coming out on Wednesday, so it, just a heads up, Prospects to Pros, which typically comes out on Wednesday afternoon, is going to be released on Thursday afternoon this week. So if you're looking for Prospects to Pros later today or you're wondering where is it, it is coming a little bit later, so do not worry. Football GM still coming your way Thursday morning. We are going to have two divisional round previews this week, same as we did last week. We're going to have a Saturday and a Sunday. So those are going to be coming your way at the same time overnight into Friday. No Monday so game. please be on the lookout for those. No Monday game. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, yeah. same deal as last week. We have live reactions on Saturday and Sunday night on YouTube to the games. We're doing it again. So if you guys want to come hang out with us after the games on Saturday night and Sunday night, we'll be here talking about football because I live in this chair now. So please too. come hang out with me. Really appreciate you guys listening. We'll talk to you soon. This was The Athletic Football Show.